0: All rights were gained before this podcast production. All rights not gained completely and 100% are reworded to avoid all forms of plagiarism and copyright infringement of all kinds. The following is a fictional monologue in some ways. After the passing of the late Benedict Sixteenth, also known to people on the left as the Pope who must not be named, similar to Voldemort and Harry Potter, who totally didn't restructure the papacy better than other popes who basked in fame, like a director who casts himself in his own movie franchise he comes up with, who also, if I must admit, tends to look like a mixture of Chancellor Palpatine just before he gets his Sith lightning reflected back at him and eventually the Sith in his fight with Mace Windu, and also somehow looks like every person who played the character Dracula for some reason, has in his last one, well Testament, an extensive amount of money to the tune of 2.5 million dollars to be given out to the cousins which of course is interestingly around the same amount of money that any of the Kardashians make when they pose holding a can of Neutrogena in one hand while they also hold a small dog in the other that is somehow worth 2.5 million dollars. Of course what is even more interesting it's not the amount of money at all but more so where the money comes from considering it comes from a late Pope who was also conservative who was also enjoyed by everyone especially if you're talking about the everyone amount of people that lives in Washington DC which of course basically summarizes the whole entire universe. Today we have some composed written testaments as to why these family members shouldn't take the money from their deceased family member in the will from the perspective of random bystanders that are not related to the family but are in fact just simply random bystanders living in the middle of Washington, D.C. First, the person that was interviewed was an abortion supporter who attended the Catholic Church a total of five minutes before realizing that abortion wasn't in fact Catholic, although Biden said it was, while also saying it should be considered due to the fact that in in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, if you read most of it, which she didn't, which a lot of people don't do today, clearly has the post-written words that say Catholic self-abortion and clear black and white handwriting, also in the form of a Sharpie that was doodled over the top of the front cover over top of the words that clearly say the Catholic Catechism, which of course, to most people, is a clear resourceful proof and methodology for knowing that Joe Biden was telling the truth. Next, we interviewed a man wearing bondage equipment and asked him what he thought of the archaeology and history that was taken from other parts of the world, why every part of the world was fighting every other part of the world over every other part of the world using every other part of the world's resources. He, of course, responded the way we thought he would respond, by blindly falling down the stairs due to the fact that he was wearing a GIMP mask and couldn't see where he was going, because most people walk in a straight line while they talk to someone they're interested in making conversation with, and he also didn't hear what we asked since it's pretty dis. De- since it's pretty decently challenging to hear someone's questions when you have reporters following them and you're following down the stairs because you can't see anything and perhaps wouldn't be able to read the Catholic Catechism as a result, especially if you're wearing a gimp costume in the middle of a Catholic Church. Many other people who view all other forms of media about this topic while critiquing prior pope's leadership bring up the realistic reasons for why those prior pope's families shouldn't take the money that belongs to them in the will. Some reference the fact that Pope Benedict XVI was the only pope to address the priest abuse problem right away and to his populacy by defrocking over 800 priests for that exact reason in only two years, which of course is only 48 less than the complete number that were completely punished under any pope's reign, which of course, if you're a Democrat, is a horrible, terrible tragedy. If you aren't paying any attention, or simply have terrible standards. Or of course there's the horrible aspect of this Pope's rule that people on the left wouldn't enjoy, like the fact that he promoted the right to a just wage, similar to what everyone on the other similar to what all the other popes also did, which they did most of the time, which they didn't. Or also the time where he published the encyclopedias in the church entitled God is Love and Saved by Hope which is normally a chant people on the left say all the time whenever they tend to get the chance, which is every time anybody brings up any actual biblical theology whatsoever, or simply say a phrase, like, hey, read your Bible, quote-unquote, to which they respond in an overpowering shriek similar to an orc from Lord of the Rings. Similar to a game of Wheel of Fortune, Double or Nothing, or some other stupid game where you get to act like you have an IQ of a 16-year-old to win $3 million. Only one unnamed person in the family has decided to not take the money but will elect to move out of the country possibly to Canada where he will be given the money anyway before the money gets taken from him because he moved to Canada. Why all the other family members act like they have never heard of money before while also getting all the money that they are supposed to get transferred and shared into their bank accounts while also moving to some other country. That they also move to, hopefully, one that isn't Canada, or currently fighting with Russia, or both at the same time. Another other important news that you looked over because it's religious in the heavy non-religious society of America, whatever that is even supposed to mean, Mormon church officials, in their newest episode of Try to Make Everyone As Confused in the Church As Possible, stated while dressed like they were going out to play golf on the golf course in and out of church for some reason, that they were always in full support of the Respect for Marriage Act that they wouldn't be if they read the act fully, which of course most people didn't, and they just tend to end up nicknaming it the pamphlet that someone puts on your one-room apartment doorstep before we never ever notice it because you're actually a religious person. Act. They stated that they're in fact, fictionally, And factually a lot of the reasons to support the act being signed into law such as the act that they weren't such as the action and viewpoint that they weren't okay with homosexuality and which the document supports since mormonism never supported it ever since mormonism was mormonism and the other fact that they banned drinking tea and coffee which also happened and mostly still does or the other factor that utah and illinois are both blue states, in case anybody was wondering, which they probably weren't since they weren't paying attention. And even more support for why the document always supported all religions, which it doesn't, which it does, why not doing that, the president of the First Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in uh, Illinois gave us an opening statement saying, we know that this document is 100% in support of homosexuality, which we don't in our religion which we do, which we don't, since we're talking about freedom of religious belief, which we aren't, while we are, since we aren't, since we're okay with everything this document supports, if I read it correctly, which I didn't, which I won't, which means we have the freedom that we don't have to practice our religion, apart from other people's direct communication and self-promoting standards, which we don't, which we're practicing now by signing, unquote, while eating a pride cake and wearing a... Bib and a party hat that said happy disrespect to your own personal traditional religious day read more straightforwardly in two words that read happy pride why it wasn't even his birthday he then continued to say quote all of the religious laws of the past couple of years have not protected freedom of speech and freedom of religion which they have which i cannot remember if they did or didn't so let me be clear that we're fully on board with something that totally doesn't force us to participate in pride Which it doesn't, which it does. Totally doesn't make it easier for people to vandalize our churches and schools and religious organizations, which it does. Protects the licenses that we don't have, which it won't. And that it doesn't violate the rights of our religion, which it does. He then woke up from his midday nap and realized that the document was signed into law while he was asleep celebrating his birthday. I'm Jonathan. Thank you everyone for joining me all throughout the world and the areas where my audiences are located. Shout out to everyone in the UK, India, everyone in England, everyone in the United States listening, as well as everyone in all the other locations. First of all, I need to talk about Anchor.fm before we get into our news, because if you run a podcast and you're trying to figure out how you can put your podcast on other Podcast platforms and anchor.fm is for you for the time whenever you decide to either take your podcasting platform to the next level or try out podcasting for the first time, then you need a first place to start. And with anchor.fm, it's very simple, they give you an RSS feed, and you can use that RSS feed and connect it directly to Spotify. And you can also connect it to Amazon Music, Pocket Casts, and dozens or actually about, about eight to about nine or ten other platforms, which it's super accessible and easy to do. Whenever you do that, you can grow your audience in that way, and you can even have a paid only $9 subscription to see all your analytics and get your podcast out there to over 15 platforms. You can start today for free and do the paid subscription later on, and completely highlight on your audience. So, really a major detail here with this whole conservatism, Pope's uh, money type of thing, is that just because the Pope is a conservative, they are ultimately treating him like some sort of weird kingpin that is completely supposed to be uh, detained, detached from historicity, and they just want to completely throw out his name as a good... Pope in the church, and they they basically been trying to get the family to not get all of the money from their will, which which generally speaking is kind of a strange thing to do. Like you, you generally don't see people that are so invested in someone else's family line or someone else's business, and of course the Pope is a big person. He was a historical figure, and so was this man, but of course you, you generally don't see people jumping into someone's will idolizing over it looking all through it and then telling someone else what to do with the money that they're gaining through their family genealogy and really the major detail has to ultimately be communicated here really that the major point driven across is that as soon as you're conservative in anything regardless as long as it is a uh non-criminal activity of course uh uh, well, well, got to reframe the words there. If it's a not uh, criminal activity that you're doing, of course, uh, people on the right and conservatives don't want to do that. Of course, obviously, no one should ever want to do that. But really, regardless of what you are truly doing, as long as you're conservative, you will be completely uh, getting a huge target on your back. And people, of course, won't want to respect you, especially for your religious beliefs. And of course, normally the right aren't even felons most of the time in the first place. We who are Christian, Catholic, or some other religious belief systems, conservatives will always be targeted in this way, and quite honestly, that issue hasn't changed throughout history. A bunch of major popes have reconstructed the papacy in positive ways, often even barely gaining a cardinal position or the pope position, just based off their conservative values. And of course, that happens as we get... Closer and closer to uh, more recent centuries and time, as early as Pope Benedict the Sixth and others like him within the past uh, hundred years, that was a big concerning thing that continued to happen. So this week, the historical background and reputation of this prior Pope, of Pope Benedict the Sixth, has been questioned and mentioned continuously before, and he has been constantly shown and painted as a In a sense, they've tried to paint him as a creepy sex predator or someone who's allowed it, even though he's one of the main popes, as we said before, who has attempted to put a majority of the effort in to stop the corrupt and twisted abuse of priests as much as possible as he literally disbanded over 800 priests for that reason. Now, this is just one of his many legacy-related good aspects of his rule, and there's a couple more, honestly. Uh, we can completely mention and, re- and really one of the reasons of course and really really the only reason that I would say as to why he actually stepped down from the papacy, is just simply because of his health and normally you don't see that in historicity. Normally a uh, ruler and there's a lot of other uh, popes out there that also did terrible horrible things but normally rulers all throughout the world and all throughout history have just continuously been ruling their rule with an iron fist, and they've had, you know, 800 concubines, they've had, you know, tremendous riches as the result of doing horrific uh, sex crimes and horrific slave-related crimes. But this is not something that this Pope particularly did. Particularly did. He just had a lot of he- heavy health issues, and as a result, step down, which of course normally is what happens. And you tend to see that a lot of individuals and cults today, such as Mormonism even, they tend to step down a lot of times over sex scandals versus just simply being old. So one of those not mentioned in the monologue, one of those good aspects not mentioned in the monologue, is that he restructured the mass back towards the traditional... Trinitarian Latin Mass, which of course is 100% a positive aspect due to both the history and the fact that other popes had the urge to do the exact opposite of that. There were a lot of popes back in history that decided that they would remove the multitude of Latin and replace it with something else, an entirely different type of mass that of course is pushed in more of a liberal conception. One pope who was more liberal and, of course, if someone raises the question a lot of the time as to why stuff is changed a lot of times in the Catholic Church, sometimes it is because of liberalism. He was a liberal pope named Pope Paul VI, and he was the one who ultimately changed the traditional Latin Mass and had what's called the Novus ordo, or the Latin Ordinary Form which I think is sort of ironic now that it plays out considering that the language is Latin and that's really the language they're trying to get rid of. But the primary differences between the two, for the most part, that people point out is that the Trinitarian traditional Latin mass uses Latin in a bit of the Greek language. However, the non-traditional does not do this but includes English a lot of the time and more frequently as whilst making more room for congregants' response which, which that, if I could say and admit it, it, actually that actually is an okay, decent aspect. Back in Catholic history, it was more likely that people would just simply remain silent, and really in that extent, that also is a good uh, Catholic uh, magnitude there, and really for Protestantism as well. You should take a large amount of silence, not necessarily an oath of silence. I don't really find that good about the priesthood, but... You should take a large amount of silence when it comes to prayer and you should have a large amount for congregant response. So in that sense, they both to an extent should change, but the traditional Latin, a Trinitarian Latin mass is definitely better and has less problems for stout Catholics to have problems with. Now, another issue that stout Catholics have a problem with is simply the name and a number of the multitude of added prayers. There were three prayers added later on with the replacement of the Trinitarian, a traditional uh, Catholic Latin Mass. Normally prayers should simply be traditional in nature, of course from the history of the church and of course the prayers that have always been used. Of course they were prayers of someone else to be structured in the church obviously, but at the same time the non-traditional Mass versus the traditional Latin Mass has a higher opportunity for a Pope to simply have power and simply, say, change the details of a prayer if he so desired. And plus, at least in my personal perspective, the title of ordinary shouldn't really be used and it shouldn't really sit well with Catholics in general. And a lot of the time, people not on the left, they, they tend to have a problem with this in the Catholic Church. The whole point, of course, is that the Eucharist is anything but ordinary at all. It's not ordinary, it just simply isn't. Nothing in it is ordinary in the slightest way, and nothing has ever been ordinary about it in the slightest way. As a matter of fact, here's how we know the Bible is true. The Bible says in the beginning, and thus God always existed, which people could claim this by the means of any religion. However a fabulous argument for why the trinitarian latin mass should happen is because trinitarian references the trinity now the trinity of course if it were wrong and it were a concept made up by man then why can't man explain it that's like writing the new fast and furious movie which i keep getting more and more furious every single time each one of those keeps continuously coming out But it's like writing one of those movies, explaining a character's backstory a bit, and then somehow not being able to explain every single detail, even though you came up with the idea. So the idea, to them, was communicated by authors who came up with the entirety of the conclusion and the entirety of the idea, but still for some reason can't fully explain it. From both ends, it just completely doesn't make sense. Why in the world would something be false if you can't explain it whatsoever? And why would something be false or even just simply made by man when you can't explain it? Because man is naturally constructed to try and be able to explain everything. And in every single way, that's what atheists try to do and what nihilists try to do. They try to explain their atheism and nihilism, but they at the same time, they can't explain the arguments against them, which of course is when the arguments come short. Now, as for the claims of Pope Benedict to be terrible and everything, no, he's most likely one of the best popes, just as we said, but due to the fact that he's conservative, he's automatically blacklisted as a bad pope, and that's kind of what always happens, even no matter what the politics, no, no matter what the particular uh, people group is in the politics as, as long as they're conservative. If, they're, if, if someone was in the Mormon Church and they were simply conservative, they would, they would still be attacked too all the time. And really, he has his own ability uh, as the highest formation of power in the Catholic Vatican at the time to be used to find and expel the priests that were doing the horrible acts of abuse to begin with. And of course, that, that really truly is something that the left should notice. And really, that is something that even non-Catholics should notice. And they should see and realize that that is one of the biggest and largest reasons for there to be a Pope in the Church. Normally, Catholics view the Pope as, you know, say, the King of Israel in the Old Testament. That's why it's important. You have to have the right and proper ruler there to actually do things correctly and effectively. And, of course, that connects ultimately to the benefactor of whether or not that person is actually receiving a word from God. And, of course, it works in the same way uh, to to the extent of whether or not an actual pastor in a Protestant church is doing the same exact thing. So, no, 100% he was a good pope. But really, this is the big thing that we have to get across, both uh, through people that are not Christian uh, or Catholic. Really, everyone needs to realize this. And I've said this before, that the only religion that promotes any type of thing that evil people did in the Catholic Church is the occult. Because of the occult things that are in the library, and because of what the people fell to. No. The Christian and Catholic Church is meant to represent imperfect people who have been perfected by a Savior who ask God to save those who are imperfect through ministry, while those imperfect people intercede and who are being interceded for are being saved themselves. If you notice, the only time when ministers do this wrong horrible act is when they fall in the same way of the other demons and how the other demons fell that they chose wrong and were overcome with wrong as a result and given over to evil thinking. Now that the whole faith stands for that. If you notice, the only time a faith stands for that is if it is a cult formation that was started after some guy or some random woman was visited by something given a different testament besides a major faith basis and as a result, in a mostly secretive and disorganized fashion, copied what was meant to be a world religious theology before refashioning it to be more of a human-prone thing than a God-prone thing. In short, yes, the family should get to take this money, and they should get to take it in the same way we take money normally out of a cash register, of course after we pay for what we were paying for, and of course in the most ethical fashion, as some other times when it's given to us by our family members. Sure, something within the financial savings going all the way back, if you were to track everything back, it might be connected to something in past history that is negative in some way. Again, it depends on what the negativity is, and it depends on the time period, maybe something even all the way back in the 50s or 40s, even though it has to be that type of old dollar bill to really you know, go all the way back. But there's always going to be something there that could potentially be bad even though people don't exactly mean for it to be bad and of course I'm reading that book the Vatican exposed and it's all about that with the Mussolini and Hitler connection which of course wasn't good but ultimately as other people can attest they're not meaning to take money because it was used in a bad way if it was used in a bad way they're just meaning to take the money and have the money from their family member. That's that's literally the only reason. They're not being they're not they, they shouldn't be picked apart as some sort of, you know, mafia group. They're just a family with money from their deceased family member like anyone else. And it should be viewed in that way. Because of course, obviously again that's how money is circulated today. Perhaps the $5 bill you used five seconds ago was used in a drug deal six weeks ago across the street, you don't exactly know, and you can't do anything about it, so you simply have $5 that you spent on a bagel and a drink or something like that. If people want to attack a dead pope's reputation, they should probably actually go back into the history instead of assuming he was a bad pope based on some bad priests of the past. And of course, they 100% should not assume he's a bad pope just because he's conservative. Now let's get to our other stories. So just as it was also mentioned in the monologue, the main Mormon church denomination, the state of Illinois, Illinois, decided to respond to a piece in church news stating, quote, Why Latter-day Saints leaders support the Respect for Marriage Act? So it said that all of the unending support essentially surfaced after the President President Oaks, uh, the man by the name of President Oaks, called for the peaceful resolution of painful conflicts between religious freedom and non-discrimination, basically meaning to say that instead of respect for uh, at the very least that there could be some sort of libertarian viewpoint, Uh, between two people groups and you know the conservatives in sort of a libertarian way could just continue to practice their religiosity and shouldn't be overall expected to accept homosexual viewpoints as to their own church services across the street from each other and other businesses that are simply trying to hire people and survive but instead of that quite literally The whole entire idea of the Respect for Marriage Act, which of course is what all of these uh, presidents in the uh, Mormon Church and higher-ups in the Mormon Church are completely ignoring uh, ever since it was signed two whole years ago, is that you have to comply completely and wholly to homosexuality celebration ideologies and essentially throw all of your traditions away as a result. So quite realistically, this is just not how religion works. It's clearly not how religion works in any point and in any point of view in any part of the world. Not in Jordan, Iran, Syria, Greece, Nigeria, Japan. Now, in fact, the only time when traditions are not respected is when it comes to Christianity and Catholicism. And of course, why Judaism also goes through its own hardships. Those are basically the only three that really get hit hard. While the cult of homosexuality is praised, even though none of the other religions that are also accepted and approves, approved and appraised of also don't accept homosexuality because Ju- Judaism doesn't accept it, and the left would say that they're completely fine with Judaism, and Islam doesn't accept it, but the left says that Islam is pretty much completely okay. So, so that really doesn't make sense, and it's a completely double contradiction. Here's a bit of the freedom, quote-unquote, side of the actual law and what it says from the side of the amendment portion from Baldwin.gov. So it says, quote, the bill would do two primary things. The first would require the federal government to recognize a marriage between two individuals if the marriage was valid and the state it was reformed. Second, the bill would generate that valid marriages between two individuals are given full faith and credit regardless of the people's sex race ethnicity or national origin but the bill would not require a state to issue a marriage license contrary to state law so that's just basically all about marriage so it's essentially a worship more so of marriage they're they're really focusing on marriage versus anything else there which again causes them to wholeheartedly focus on homosexual marriage Versus normal marriage because they're already keen in on that point. So, but 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 just as a question, what else is missing? What else is missing in that whole of the sentence? And of course, you'll you'll probably figure it out as we continue, as we continue to the amendment of the bill. So, quote in the amendment, it protects all religious liberties and conscious protection available under the Constitution or federal law including but not limited to the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and prevents this bill from being used to diminish or appeal any such protection. And it also confirms that nonprofit religious organizations will not be required uh, to provide any services to facilities or solemnize or celebration of a marriage. So that, that's sort of weird. Will not be required to provide any services to facilities for the solemnization or celebration of a marriage. So, in other words, they're just completely ignoring that. In other words, they're solemnizing and celebrating only homosexuality basically all the time. It's essentially what's going on. And that's just two main aspects of that thing that was passed two years ago. And you would think that, of course that wouldn't be happening, that they would be actually confining themselves to at least the first or second part of that conclusion and that part in the written law. But no, they're only finalizing it when it comes to homosexuality. Literally any 18-year-old who doesn't have hardly any knowledge of how the court system even works could notice right away just from that what's going on and how they're completely manipulating that situation. A bakery doesn't approve of homosexuality, of course, so they almost lose their family business, and I think they're still fighting for it. And, you know, that's what happens in response. A sports team in a high school stands against it and they get barred from a sporting event. Of course, that's what happens, right? And a church doesn't approve of it because it is a traditional church that doesn't lead toward the left. So, of course, as a result, there's a multitude of people that want that church completely disassembled. Which, of course, is definitely what the law says. Mainly, we should see one thing. If it isn't standing against uh, same-sex marriage, then it just simply isn't the church. I don't mean to particularly offend anybody on the show, but just straightforwardly, if you look back in history... There's far more, a far more amount of multitudes of pagan religious belief systems that have that that have that type of action involved. You can look at any of the different people groups in the Bible that go against the church and you will find that. Of course, that's just one of many questions that you have to ask yourself when you're asking the question, is homosexuality biblical? Well, yes, it is biblical, but not in the sense of where it's right. It's biblical in the sense of where it was present, but it's not exactly entirely biblical in the sense of where it's okay. Plus, of course, the whole of the church and the roots of Mormonism, they also don't accept it, as I said. The left tends to enjoy Mormonism for some reason, but and of course, most of the time as soon as they finalize on you know the ear historicity that didn't happen and all of you know the scandals and whatnot then they then they just revert to being non-religious but for the most part they like mormonism a lot more than christianity and mormonism doesn't approve of it the mormon church was started in the early 1800s and of course it was started in one of the biggest church revivals in history. And it still started in a time when the concept of even multiple wives in the current culture was unheard of, even though, of course, the FLDS cult would develop anyways, and all of the other stuff being pushed by that church eventually. So, of course, you might ask yourself the question, why is the Mormon church ignoring this? Why, of course, multiple aspects of, say, the Anglican church that is actually Christian are fighting it, and the main Vatican right now is fighting it, and all these and all these other churches are fighting it. Like why? Why? Why is some of the main Mormon churches not fighting? It? Well, really, it's just the simple political reason, money. The higher ups and the presidents and the churches are continuing to be swayed, of course, by finances and the church facilities. And of course, this tends to happen. It's and it's a completely historical thing. All of the cult, all of the cults did the same thing. And that was basically where they got their power. And of course, I'm, I'm fully fledged on, uh, or fully, completely pledged to the fact that the Vatican should be a lot more centered in biblical standards than it should be in money, because that's one of their main problems. And of course, the more liberal the Pope gets, the more money-steering they might become. And of course, the mission for religion is not the mission of money. But how they can push the truth when you wake up in the morning it's statistical to say that over 70% of America's people enjoy a cup of coffee before a hard day's work no matter the workplace or office But what the majority of companies do is that they want to secretly tag on unnecessarily strange agendas to their normal everyday products because of this any mocha that you buy at some random moderate coffee place that's half-decent in the middle of a strip mall, might in fact be secretly using you to support politics you don't support. And that's why it's important to have Black Rifle Coffee Company be the coffee you trust. They were started by a family man who served as a Green Beret, and stands to support our military instead of abandoning what we stand for. Go online and try all of their flavors today and support the military veterans who serve us endlessly. So what people should be noticing and referred to as Bible prophecy, even though some of the time uh, no matter what people watch, they're they're continuing to watch reruns of memes, gifts, and old and new viral videos on their phones that just look like pointless randomosity, the tech company at Meta, under the leadership of the AI teams involved, has centered on conserving quote unquote four thousand languages using the Bible and other religious texts to collect the data the teams are using the Bibles. Uh, uh, the The teams are using the Bible completely due to the fact that it has 100 languages and over translated right now, and they were using this in a, the continuous prospect of expanding to 1,100 other languages using the New Testament with AI technology. Now, the article here covers the fact that uh, they are using non-marked recordings of other religious texts. So people's speeches, people's voices, and of course, potentially you could make the argument, are they actually doing that legally particularly? But they're doing this in order, as they say, to preserve the languages. And this really is where the prophecy thought, you know, gets really interesting. Of course, Christian Catholics, and other mainstream Christianity, if that's true, which of course I believe it is, then it would have to mean that other religions are false, and if that's true, then the government under the Antichrist, of course, would have no problem using the Bible in other religious texts in order to preserve other languages, because when it does this, and when the Antichrist does this, he's therefore reserving uh, the time for the Mark of the Beast, and he's basically going to use the languages in that way. Of course, one major thing to uh, focus on and center on is the fact that we probably don't know all the languages that exist. And of course, that's why we have to try to reach out to as many tribes and nations as possible in order for that to happen. But of course, the hilarious thing is that no matter what the devil does, he'll just be fulfilling prophecy over and over. So it's essentially up to us to be essentially on the right side of that fulfilled prophecy and of course that might start with us not spending so much time watching memes and of course having that uh creepy gps voice in our car i don't exactly know why everyone keeps trying to do that like people have continuously been trying to worship ai and it actually gets pretty creepy when people worship ai as a god Continuously this happens, and I don't, I haven't really been to any graves before, but this is what continuously happens at these music events. There's this theological concept in question when you're in conversation with an atheist, and you can simply just specifically ask the question as to why uh, worship is a thing. Why do we have music? And if you ask him that, of course, he or she probably won't know how to respond. He'll just say, Well, well that's that's a that's either a contagion if they look at it that way, or it's just simply some sort of thing that exists but really doesn't exist because of nihilism, which is a whole confusing argument. But if you've ever been to a rave, you'll actually see that there's a lot of occultism that is worshipped in the symbolic representation at those concerts and of course those artists aren't exactly meaning to particularly do that but of course it's still represented so of course this if the occult wasn't real and ethics didn't exactly matter and religion didn't exactly matter then why do people keep pushing for one or the other why why is there symbolism of either of the two why not just have blatantly random computerized special effects that don't mean anything and of course if that's the case it, it, it doesn't make any sense everything has to mean something and of course I'm I always get completely creeped out every single time a GPS voice speaks in my car without me wanting to without me wanting it to because that continuously pertains to happen maybe maybe that's an close connection with that (laughs) but now on the basis of some of the other faiths out there Islam actually was not supposed to be transmitted into English but of course it eventually was presented into English by Mars Abdul Fasal of India after a timely transitional process by multiple committees studying the language of ancient Arabic the thought process is that as soon as the Quran was translated uh, as soon as the Quran was translated the holiness of the text would be diminished, which also doesn't really make sense if you're wanting the fake to spread to all religions and all regions and all speakers quickly all throughout the world as a whole. But uh, as, we, as we get to this, it's, it's, uh, at the end here, it's super-duper important. The article communicates that there's a risk of creating biased language models with a certain respect to the re- religious wor- worldview. So interestingly... The Bible was the first mentioned, and everything was taken off of that as they're trying to quote-unquote preserve the languages. So as a result, the Bible would then end up swaying the language bias to an extent. And why is that? Why not just use any other transcribed thing in any other language? If the Bible wasn't true, if the Bible wasn't important course this again is prophecy because everything then would be directed on the basis of the bible language representation of arabic aramaic greek latin and all the rest of the languages after that and of course again the only reason why the end times you know of course isn't currently happening this is a this this is a big thing a big reason that all of the languages have to be reached with the gospel. And, of course, we have to be on the other side of that. We have to be on the right side of that. And we have to be pressing and pushing for the right aspect of that. And we have to make sure that we aren't just giving ourselves to AI in a strange robotic universe. And, of course, speaking of a strange robotic universe, there's another story as we move on today uh, so here's another more chilling and creepy sort of story that for some reason Fox News is kind of elevated as a good thing. It says chat GPT delivers sermon to German church tells congregants to not fear death tells congregants to not fear death. So it was a German church that was Lutheran and often there's a huge thing in theology where they say, Lutheranism is kind of like Catholicism because they do kind of prospect a number of things that are sort of particular and can have certain symbolic representation kind of on the line of Catholic theology, but in a Lutheran church in Germany, it was completely directed by a fake preacher who was entirely a robotic AI. It's basically uh, a preacher on the computer. So, pretty much Jonas Simmerlin, who is apparently a theologian, a philosopher, who advocated for this for some reason, and made it, and had a bunch of people help him make it from the University of Vienna in Germany, who, the interview with Fox News, he also looks like he was about to direct the next terrible Nickelodeon Big uh, Big Time Rush remake for some reason, with the outfit he was wearing that of course nobody would be able to stand for two and a half seconds, said that the AI provided, quote, a pretty solid church service. That is just one of the strangest things ever, a pretty solid church service. Now normally when I'm in church, people are controlling everything, not a computer with a completely fake person on the screen it's the opposite of what we're called to do as Christians and the opposite of how most of the gospels really even spread. People are supposed to speak the service and they're supposed to do the ministry and give the message. None of the early church people did this obviously because it wasn't around, but what do you exactly think they would say if it was? What do you think Paul would actually write if that stuff was around in his day? And plus, the words of the Holy Spirit aren't really being used exactly here since the Holy Spirit is technically supposed to speak through people which is the whole purpose of prophecy as we talked before and of course in the world of ministry today we take things way out of context just as we talked about in the restraint to the other story with the Mormon population so if you want to take something that is designed by someone that could have a complete wrong theology based on a person's wrong ideology, who programs wrong theology, why it somewhat thinks for itself, how do you expect to get God out of that? And in a sense, I actually read a report a couple of weeks ago that a group actually did this, a research group did this, and they asked an AI about its religious beliefs, if you can believe that. So they asked the AI religious beliefs, and the AI ended up disagreeing religiously with the people that were asking it that question, and it literally just ended up saying, "In in, in a sense, I respect what you believe, but I don't agree with you." It, it basically advocated for coexist, which is kind of terrifying. And he he says in the story he accompanied the service. Because ninety percent came from the machine. That's how he describes it. Ninety-eight percent came from the machine. Just a horrid thought. It's a completely terrifying thought to have a computer controlling the church. Of course that that's basically the whole entire idea of end times anyway to begin with. Just the whole church is overtaken. Of course, this is kind of a it's kind of a terminator viewpoint concept, I don't really think the world will end necessarily in a Terminator way in that way, but it it does push for the end times being very, very close. And of course, of course, I'm not God, I can't fully predict it, but I mean, I, I would think probably 30 years, probably think 30 years at the most. By the way, is, is this like how the secret police is going to look when they hunt down Christians? Are they gonna have like a zebra spotted suit jacket with like an h and m shirt in the middle like he bought it from a strip mall or something? Is that seriously how they're gonna look like just a thought I also kind of wonder what the Catholic Church would look like if they had the same technology Perhaps it'd have you know maybe a statue of David riding on an iPad perhaps that would perhaps that would replace uh Current stuff in the Vatican today. If you're like me and you know what looks good on you when it comes to an outfit and you want to look your best all the time, then you should look at Christ.co. They make high quality items for what people assume to be low quality based on such a quality, or what people assume to not have much quality based on how low the price is. Yet their quality of their products have never ceased. To have the best reviews on the clothing business, they're also completely Christian and they are affiliated with other Christian companies and even employ young Christians for modeling. Make sure that you kick the devil out of your outfit, unlike all these other retail stores, and get over to Christ.co and order your perfect outfit today. Speaking of the Vatican, particularly the High Vatican Court, has ordered protesters in a new story to pay 30k equivalent in USD to damages after they glued their hands to a priceless statue. So the statue is called the Laoco statue, if I'm pronouncing that right, or the statue entitled Laoco and his sons. And if you remember, this is one of the many famous statues that most of us learned back in high school at some point. Specifically, it has its roots tied in specifically Trojan history, where a Trojan priest named Laco, which is where the piece gets its name from, is seen pleading with his sons and the rest of his community not to take the Trojan horse into the city. And of course, the activists say, of course, uh, this, this was their protest of climate change issues. Yeah, uh, the history that has absolutely nothing to do with that, Represents climate change. Totally. And they they continue to say, uh, as the defendants in the Vatican court, that they didn't mean to harm the piece, but were protesting their cause. Yes, you you didn't mean to harm the piece, but you stuck your hands in gorilla glue and stuck it on the piece. Like if I walked into the Smithsonian and started hitting an axe on one of the dinosaur skeletons then I wouldn't be trying to harm the skeleton right. That, that's, that's what you're assuming. That's like me saying I didn't mean to harm a business by setting it on fire. It makes no sense. And quite frankly, that's still the argument given by most protesters when, when they're preaching equality. Like, just just break down the windows and rob a store, and of course, that will communicate peace. Realistically, if I tried to support a business, it would make no sense for me to tear apart that business and tear everything down. Of course, most people that actually assume this p- position to be true are mostly just trying to you know, watch the world burn, in a sense, from the acclaimed Christopher Nolan Batman series. Really, this is what children do. Obviously, they don't get their way, so they run the crayons all over the wall and maybe do obnoxious actions or damage household goods out of disrespect most of the times. But of course, the household goods here are priceless history that of course must be preserved and surely should not be destroyed or disrespected like disrespectful children. But of course, these disrespectful children are in the form of nose-ringed hooligans that are 30-something-year-old adults. So ultimately, we need to have somewhat of a stronger security, nonetheless, to combat these mindless actions of historicity. And that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening. Pray, listen to the right voice, take care. I will talk to you on Sunday. The Cold Exclusive Podcast is independently recorded in Michigan using Audacity, Miking, and the hosting platforms associated with Anchor.fm. The show gives credit and has permission to use all the articles given word for for wording all the articles in which permission was not specifically granted are reworded, particularly in accordance with the law, to avoid all and every type of plagiarism and copyright infringement. If you or someone you know has a religious practice used to be involved in a cult group or host their own show and would like to be on the show, you can message me directly at the cult-exclusive podcast downbar with no spaces on Instagram. Or follow and message me on Twitter at Jonathan of the Cult Exclusive. That's at Jonathan of 40804. Stay safe and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening.